Welcome to Inclusion Matters, produced by the Center for Inclusive Child Care, aka the CICC. We're located at inclusivechildcare.org. Welcome to Inclusion Matters, a podcast of the Center for Inclusive Child Care. I'm here today with Priscilla Weigel, my colleague at the Center, and I'm Cindy Croft, Director of the Center for Inclusive Child Care. Hi, Priscilla. Hi, Cindy. We have been doing a series on infant and toddler development across mm-hmm. developmental domains. We, um, In our last podcast, we looked at speech and language acquisition and development. Yes, we did. And so we thought we would continue that series, and today we're going to look at infant development and their fine and gross motor. Yes. And sort of what to expect uh, typically in typically developing children, uh, children who are typically developing, and then also maybe some red flags and just to alert the people who are listening to um, some things that they might be seeing that they should sort of tune into and be mm-hmm. aware of mm-hmm. in their observations and recording mm-hmm. and, and, um, with the children they work with. So. Sounds good. So let's start very early on with a very young baby up to maybe three months. Yeah. And so what kind of physical development we might be looking for or expecting to see? Well, we'd want to see kids turning their heads towards your voice and your sound. The sound of your voice or different noises that they see. We want to see that zero to four months for sure. Um, noticing bright objects and following those things with their eyes. They move their arms together and apart. Mm -hmm. Um, Kids at that span of development are now just starting to kind of bring things to their mouth a little bit, possibly sucking on their own hands or fingers. It's Mm -hmm. kind of fun to watch them when they're just, you know, like they're bringing it towards their mouth and they miss and then they try again and eventually when they actually make connection with um, a person, an object, or uh, anything. It's amazing the growth that happens yes. between zero to four months. It's yes. just that baby who is just brand new and just you feel like, wow, I'm so responsible for everything this child needs. And then you just slowly, week by week, you see major changes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some of the things that are concerning would be if that child does not move arms and legs right. actively when they're lying on their back or lift their head. Mm-hmm. You, should be, you should be noticing some curiosity about the world around them mm-hmm. and that, that motor development. And it's from, you know, it's proximal distal, so it's from the inside out. And so, we'll, so you'll see that kind of development as um, the child moves on month by month. And mm-hmm. um, that head control, that neck control, it's still fragile, but you want to see those types of things happening for a child and whether, at that age. Right, whether the child is zero to three or even as we talk about older children as we go along, anytime a child seems really floppy mm-hmm. or very, very tight or rigid, mm-hmm. that would be something we'd want to really tune into. Right. Um, especially as they grow and get older, uh, older infant. Right. So we'd right. be really tuned into that kind of muscle um, tone. Mm-hmm. And be Definitely. Really thinking mm-hmm. that's looking for unusual patterns in that kind of development as well. Right, right. And I think it's easy to get lulled into this sense of, oh, they're you know such a young infant, they're not supposed to be moving around. But you should be seeing movement. You mm-hmm. should be seeing that curiosity, as I said, and just trying to 
to reach for things or look at things and all those those important milestones. And I, I know we say this quite frequently, but um, child care providers are in such a unique position in the very early days and months of infancy mm-hmm. to see developmental red flags where even parents, you know, depending on their um, experience may not always be tuned into a developmental gap. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we want to really uh, encourage providers to be recording um, their, their observations and really be helping parents to understand, oh, maybe there's something we should talk to the pediatrician about. Mm-hmm. Just not in a way that overly worries parents, mm-hmm. but certainly if they see a series of red flags that would point to you know, something that could be, you know, early on. Right. Something could, intervention could be very helpful with. And so makes a difference. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So when we get out of this really early, early development and we move to the three to six month old, what would we be looking for, Priscilla, in terms of motor development? Well, that's when that baby starts to figure out that they can roll over. Mm-hmm. And that's such mm-hmm. an exciting time, also a yes. scary time because yes. things can happen in a split second. Mm-hmm. And one thing that um, it's always good to remember, I think, when you're working with any child um, that is this young, an infant, things can change in a matter of hours, it seems. And so you can think that you're going to put that baby on a bed and they're going to stay put. And all of a sudden, they may have that day figured out how to roll. Right. And they might, so being aware of the safety um, and that skill development can change what that infant can do and what they can get into. Mm-hmm. So once that infant has figured out how to roll, they can pretty quickly figure out how to get to what they want. Right. And especially if it's something that's really enticing, um, they will try to get there. So the goal, hopefully, would be that they would also bring their hands together when they're on their back. And, and be able to kind of hold on to things and that lower trunk control develops so you, you really see that core development and that rolling over ability so that's so important to keep an eye out for. Right. Um, and it, it's, it's fun and exciting but also um, the other thing that you want to be aware of is just that child too is, is maybe starting to do some propping up of themselves on their tum- when they're on their tummy and you know, pushing up a little bit, they can sit up with help. Though, you know, putting them kind of between your legs and helping them practice that sitting up. Um, so to see the world from a different vantage point is really nice. And they might be able. Some kids might be able to sit briefly by themselves at that point, um, passing something from one hand to another, and just grabbing for things and actually holding on to them. That's a new exciting thing for a child because they're able to really interact with toys Mm -hmm. and you start to see them choose certain things that are more interesting than just kind of looking at things now they're grabbing for them and holding on to them so that's really a nice thing to see Um, some red flags at that stage of development would be if a child is not holding their head up Mm -hmm. Um, if you're holding them and you have them on your shoulder and you know kind of that burping position and you don't see the child you know lifting their head and trying to look at you and find you um, that's a concern or they're unable to hold a toy in either one of their hands if their hands are real stiff and and kind of locked in fists all the time as we said that floppy or that real stiff motor tone uh, muscle tone that's concerning or their legs are stiff um, those would be some red flags that you'd be concerned about and I know we um, there's such a difference between three months and six months. 
Yeah. You know, yeah. It's, such a, it's such a short period of time, but in infant development, it's such Huge. A, an enormous difference. Yeah, yeah. And I, in our experience working with young mothers, we, we will sometimes see how they are so tuned into the Internet or um, different mommy blogs. Or, and so sometimes parents can get just their expectations can sometimes be... Um, they can become very worried yeah. about a developmental milestone that they mm. think a child should be at exactly right, and right. instead of understanding sort of a range of development. Mm -hmm. or, and so we want providers also to be remembering how, you know, they need to help parents sort of just sit back. And while we're looking for, yes, red flags and mm -hmm. being tuned into children's development in that way, we also want parents to just enjoy and, right. you know... And engage, mm -hmm. you know, and we'll talk more about social emotional development in another part to our series, but that engagement yeah. is so important. And just a child that is interested in the world around them is going to develop and move because they want to know more. They're curious, mm -hmm. and so that's going to that's going to spur on that motor development exactly. as well. Yes, and there's so much that uh, again, a child care provider can help parents. Mm -hmm. who seem a little bit concerned maybe their child isn't moving, they don't think the child is moving enough or in the, in the way that they think they should be. And so give them some tools. Mm -hmm. Or they, you know, help, as I've seen you do so many times, to put the toy a little bit out of reach so the child has to go a little bit farther and start to scoot or work a little bit harder. Mm -hmm. Many of those kinds of things that maybe they're not thinking about to help encourage some of that movement. Right. So I think sometimes we can help parents just relax a little bit right. and encourage a little bit of that movement as well. Yeah. So then that little six-month-old, um, we turn into a little bit older infant, six mm -hmm. to 12-month-old, and then we start to see some real movement and gross and fine motor changes. Definitely. And that, back to the safety thing again, mm -hmm. is huge. Um, you know, the child at six to 12 months is really able to sit up and also, you might see some of that early scooting and crawling, and when you see that, that means things can be easily grabbed and pulled, and you know things like cords that are attached to lamps and televisions and big things. I mean, it's really important to keep your house and your home and your child care setting really baby-proofed. Um, even chairs. Babies can pull chairs over onto themselves. I mean, keeping an eye out for that moving baby is so important. Um, just that pelvic stability is starting to happen, and that's that precursor for what's going to happen next with pulling to stand and that type of thing. Um, you know, you should be seeing that crawling. That's really important. Sitting is really important because they're able to explore the world. And then the next piece that we're going to notice is that whole crawling business, that hip to and knee control, mm -hmm. and that's important um, to allow that baby to crawl. So that's, um, you just notice that confidence that they have in their movement mm -hmm. and that they can plan. You know, it's not a random thing and it's a, not a hope I get it in my mouth kind of a thing, but they're actually planning what they're going to do with their extremities. Mm -hmm. And it's pretty amazing to see. Just, it seems like overnight you go, oh my goodness, look at that. So we want to give fours. children those opportunities right. to hold a, hold a toy that they're interested in so that they can bring it to their mouth and right. put it in their other hand and switch hands. Right, and, right. And so those opportunities are really, really important to engage. Right, right. And help children want to explore. 
Definitely. And, and the crawling action that I think is so interesting, and I came across this reminder a while back, it helps arrange the non-cognitive parts of the central nervous system, parts of the brain that form the foundation for learning and higher level development. So crawling, you know, we, we hear a lot of things about, oh, if the baby doesn't crawl, it's going to be this disaster for development. But what happens is it just engage, it's, an, mm-hmm. it's a brain engagement mm-hmm. thing. It's a nervous system engagement mm-hmm. thing. So just leaving that child to be on their back or on their tummy, when they're on their tummy, it's there's a greater, during tummy time, that's why we encourage tummy time, there's a greater incidence of curiosity because they're able to kind of look around and, and see the world because they're going to prop themselves up on their, their hands a little bit more. And it's going to be interesting to try to get to something. And you'll start to see babies use their knees to scoot and push the, their body forward. And then pretty soon they get up on those hands and on those knees, and then they figure out, wow, if I move my hand and my leg, all you know, and, and alternate, wow, I can move forward. Man, I can grab all these cool things. So it's just, it's really critical to give kids tummy time yeah. when they're on the floor and to provide with, to buy, provide around them interesting things and toys right. that are appropriate for their age. And in terms of red flags, again, there's a great deal of variation on when we would. Um, think about a child crawling. I mean, some will crawl at right. six or seven months. Some will crawl a little bit later. Some sure. will start to pull up and walk at 11 months. Right. But likely it may be after their 12-month yeah. first-year birthday. Mm-hmm. So we, we look for some variation in there. And again, we want to help parents understand it's not a delay if they're not walking at 12 months. Mm-hmm. But also be aware, again, for any serious sorts of lags mm-hmm. where there isn't even any preparation for right. getting ready to walk. Right. We would be very concerned if they're just not using their limbs. Right. You know, that it appears that their limbs are very rigid or very, very weak or very right. floppy like. Um, not being able to control, have control of those muscles. Mm-hmm. And that there's no cre- curiosity on the mm-hmm. part of the infant of getting anywhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's something that, you know, the, the child that just sits on the floor is able to sit, yay, that's a huge milestone, but then just sits and kind of cries and expect everything to come to them. Mm-hmm. We want to encourage them to try to reach for things and try to move to get things. Mm-hmm. And so how do you do that? Well, you get them on the floor and you help them. And you do maybe positioning, body positioning, and and, and not you know not not be frustrating with putting things just out of their reach too far, but just enough for them to achieve success, but have to move to get it. And we'd also um, want to make sure babies using both sides of their body. Definitely, that would be a red flag for a child care provider to be really aware of and tuned into. And you have to really be observing and aware of the children you're uh, taking care of to to be tuned into that. Mm-hmm. But to really understand, I, I haven't really thought about this, but now that I am noticing, yeah, he tends towards his left side, mm-hmm. and I haven't seen a lot of use of the right side or right. whatever and that would you know certainly begin to impact everything definitely movement for sure crawling even creeping mm-hmm. and so we we would want providers to be recording that and then sharing that vital information right. in a non-objective i mean a non-judgmental objective manner with parents so that again they can take the necessary steps if there needs to be an intervention. Right, and just as we kind of wrap up this segment, a reminder that you as a provider are the 
the expert on child development, and it's so useful for families when you have them coming into your setting, whether it's center-based or family child care, to have a packet of information that covers all the different areas of development. You know, just a folder that you keep that just covers speech and language, mm-hmm. one that's just on motor development, that just breaks it down milestone by milestone. We have wonderful resources on our website, obviously, but we also encourage them to go to the Center for Disease Control. They also have a lot of great things. A lot of wonderful resources out there, um, zero to three. Yes. So just using and taking advantage of the wealth of information, but helping parents fine-tune it down because it's overwhelming, as you said. The Internet can be overwhelming. Yes. And what we need you as providers to do is to say, I know healthy development. I'm going to help parents narrow their focus exactly. to really useful, concrete um, resources. Exactly, and and thank you for bringing up the um, inclusivechildcare.org. We really go through the resources that we post on our website, so we know they're um, they're reliable and valid, and they're specific to um, the early childhood community. So so people rather than Google search, you know, and come up with a hundred things, they right. can know that they're getting information that's specific to what their needs are. So so thank you for bringing that up. Mm -hmm. So we'll close out this segment on motor development for infants, and then we'll talk about the little bit older toddlers next. Great. So thank you. Mm -hmm. That's all for now. See you next time.